Hi there. This is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast. I'm continuing to read the insights I've found while seeking to understand what the scriptures say the true church of God should look like. All of this information comes from my free ebook titled The True Church of God, and it can be downloaded freely at the freegiftfromgod.com website. So let me continue reading, and I hope you find something of value in the insights the Lord has given to me. In the past few weeks, we have now covered the five ministry gifts the Lord gave to the church as described in Ephesians chapter 4. Those gifts were apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors. In addition to these, there are a number of other gifts given to individuals within the church, some of which were for personal use and others to benefit the whole church. The important gifts for the church are those meant to build up the body of the church. Most of these other gifts are discussed in 1 Corinthians 12. The chapter begins by looking at the specific individual gifts given to members of the church, and I'm not going to cover those in any detail here, as the purpose of this book is to look at what is important in the church. That's not to say that these personal gifts are not important. They are extremely important, as are all of the gifts of God given to us as individuals or the church. Every gift is given for the purpose of building up people or the church, and they are all important. But within the scope of this book, it's the gifts to the church that I'm most concerned with. If you want to look at the individual gifts, you can research those in the Bible or through my website, freegiftfromgod.com. Now, as for the additional gifts given for the purpose of building up the church, we find these verses at the end of 1 Corinthians 12. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, then healers, helpers, administrators, speakers in various kinds of tongues. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 and 28. These two verses show us several additional gifts given to the members of the church for the purpose of building up the church. We've looked at apostles, prophets and teachers already in some detail, but there are other gifts shown here that are given to the church for the efficient running of the church and to build up the body. Amongst these gifts, we find that some people are appointed as helpers and administrators to assist in the work of the church. Every church has the need for some administration and for people to do the more menial tasks that ensure the smooth and efficient running of the church. Even though I call some of these tasks menial, it doesn't mean they are unimportant. In fact, if some of the menial tasks are not done, the church will not work as efficiently and effectively as it could and should. For example, the menial tasks done by administrators and helpers may include keeping the finances of the church in order. It may include setting up the church for meetings, setting out chairs and seats, preparing the cup and the bread for the breaking of bread or communion, preparing cups of tea and coffee for after the meeting, washing dishes, cleaning up and packing up, and there are many other tasks that are necessary for the efficient running of the church. Every one of these tasks is essential and every one that is done from a joyful heart is an offering to the Lord. It is a gift that someone can give to the church as an offering to the Lord of their time, energy or skills and they are blessed for it as the Lord loves a cheerful giver. To be a cheerful giver is not just about giving money. Being a cheerful giver includes all of those acts a person may do to help the church operate effectively and efficiently. In addition to these gifts to help administer the running of the church, 
1 Corinthians 12, 27 and 28 shows us a number of spiritual gifts as well. There are gifts of healing, miracles, speaking in tongues that may be used in the church. These are intended to help in the building up of the church. They are gifts given by the Holy Spirit according to the will of God. We do not always see these gifts operating in the church today, especially the miraculous and healing gifts. However, there is a process for healing given to the elders of the church through the anointing of oil, which is defined in James chapter 5. Likewise, speaking in tongues in the church is similar to the use of prophecy in the church, and to use the gift it is necessary that someone also has the spiritual gift of interpretation of tongues, which is also given by the Holy Spirit. This is covered in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5, which says, Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5. So we see that although someone may speak in tongues in the church setting, it is of no value to the church unless someone has the gift of interpretation of tongues from the Holy Spirit. And if someone does speak in tongues in the church setting, then they should also pray for the interpretation of the tongues. Therefore, he who speaks in a tongue should pray for the power to interpret. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 13. As for the gifts of miracles, we do not often see these performed in the church today. They do operate sporadically in the church, and there is evidence of miracles occurring in churches. Miracles do occur, and I've personally seen miracles and experienced miracles myself but they do not seem to be as widespread as they were in the early church 2,000 years ago. Why? Well, I believe it is the very nature of miracles that is the reason they are not as prevalent today as they were in the early church. Miracles cannot be hidden. They defy the principles of physics and nature in many cases, and they are highly dramatic. Consider some of the miracles in the Bible. Jesus feeding the 5,000 with just a few loaves and fishes. Jesus and Peter walking on water. Jesus turning the water into wine. And not to mention the many miraculous healings. But the difference the early church had is that the ministry of the church was pure. It was not yet defiled by human misunderstanding and the defilement of the devil infiltrating the teachings of the church with lies. By contrast today, a lot of the ministry of the church has been defiled by false teachings and lies. What has this got to do with miracles, you may ask? In the Great Commission, the Lord gave the power to do miracles for the purpose of backing up and confirming the truth of the teachings, as we see here. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by the signs that attended it. Amen. Mark chapter 16, verses 17 to 20. These words from Mark 16 included a number of miraculous signs and wonders that would follow those who preached the truth of the gospel. The last verse shows that the Lord worked with them in a miraculous way. It says, And he confirmed the message by the signs that attended it. Amen. The Lord confirmed the truth of the message by the miraculous signs he worked through those who were preaching the truth. But today, there are so many lies and falsehoods in the teachings of the church that the Lord will not confirm the message of the modern church teachers when they are not teaching the truth. 
The devil has infiltrated the church over the past 2,000 years to bring in lies and false teachings. Some of the false teachings are so deeply ingrained in the church that anyone who speaks against them is often labelled as an heretic. The Lord will not confirm a false teaching with miracles, signs and wonders. That is why I believe we do not see the expression of miracles today to the extent they occurred in the early church. The early church had the fullness of the truth, but the church today has walked away from the truth in many places. You only need to look at some of the things I cover later in this book to see the depth of error in the teachings of much of the modern church. And I've barely scratched the surface of the false teachings of the church in this book. So miracles still do happen, but they happen only when and where the Lord chooses to use them for the purpose of building up the church or confirming the truth of the gospel. He does miracles occasionally to make a point or for the sake of compassion on his people. I believe the truth of gospel will come out again and be preached to the whole world before his second coming. And I do believe that we will see miraculous things once again to confirm the truth of the message. But it will be in the Lord's timing. That's all I have for this week. I hope you found it interesting and I hope you will join me again next week as I continue looking at these aspects of the true church of God. All of the information I'm covering here is contained in a free ebook titled The True Church of God. It can be downloaded from the freegiftfromgod.com website. So until next week, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast signing off and hoping you have a blessed week ahead. God bless. Oh, 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 oh